we ended up having a devastating house fire and lost all of our personal belongings. And in that period, I started to notice that being in natural spaces, I felt a small like sliver of peace. And we're really fortunate that we had actually purchased some land on the edge of town that's full of forest. And we started to go there more often because it had it was like that only sense of home that we had left. Welcome to the Wild Foundation Podcast, Voices of Wilderness. Through the stories our guests share, you'll learn about how we can and must protect wilderness for a healthy future. We hope to leave you a little more inspired to speak out, take action, make a difference, and find solutions to the biodiversity and climate crises. Let us take you on a journey through the different aspects of wilderness its different stories, approaches, and definitions in different parts of the world with the people who work every day to fight for its protection. In today's episode, meet Laura Cochran. Laura has been practicing clinical medicine as a physician assistant for over 10 years and within the past year and a half has become a health and wellness coach. Coming out of an incredibly difficult personal part of her life, she was feeling the draw to do something different. After finding peace, healing, and a sense of home in nature, Laura decided to take a college course on forest bathing. Laura had no idea how much forest bathing was going to impact her personal healing and how much she was going to truly love the science behind it. I am by no means a connoisseur on forest bathing. This was an eye-opening discussion for me. So, without further ado, let's dive into this world of forest bathing and natural healing, how it can promote our well-being, and how it can reconnect people to nature and wilderness protection. Hello, it's so good to have you here today, Laura. We are so excited to dive into this conversation with you. Obviously, it's been a long time coming that we've wanted to chat about all of these important topics and kind of dive into a different world with the wild community on this. I'm going to let you introduce yourself because you are the expert on you and I want everybody to know who you are, what you do, what you're passionate about. So take it away. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Laura Cochran, and my background is that for a little over 10 years, I have been practicing clinical medicine as a PA, which primarily is a profession in the U.S., but I've been practicing in acute care, like emergency room, and in college health most recently, doing primary care. And my story changed a little bit about a year ago when I found myself at this fork in the road at my clinic. And I took that opportunity to take a pause because, frankly, I was kind of feeling burned out like many other medical professionals following the pandemic. And I also was just coming out of a really hard personal part of my life. And I was I just was feeling deep down like I needed to do something different. And 
in the process of trying to kind of rediscover my passion, myself, and like what I wanted to do next for my career, I turned to learning. And over the last year, I ended up getting two additional certifications. So one is in a new specialty in medicine called lifestyle medicine. I also became a health and wellness coach, which kind of tapped into my interest in the science of behavior change when it came to lifestyle. And I ended up taking a local college course on forest bathing. And although, to be truthful, like when I signed up for that class, it was kind of on a whim. And I did it because I thought it would be easy. And I was a little interested, but I had no idea how much forest bathing was going to impact my personal healing and how much I was going to love the science behind it as a medical professional. So that's, that's my nutshell of my story. I see. I love that. And so I'm so excited to dive into this with you because I was holding back all of the questions that I have. Just, you know, there's so much curiosity here for me. I, I think science is fascinating. And so much of what we do at Wild and our work, you know, in the environment is rooted in science. But there is a whole cultural aspect to it and a healing aspect to it. And I'm so fascinated with where that intersection is in our Western medicine world today. So I guess just to kind of, I don't know, let's zoom out for a second. So what does wilderness mean to you? Nature, all of that, maybe before or outside of the lens of science and medicine, which is, you know, your life. What does that mean to you? Yeah, when I when I think about wilderness, it you know, that word for me strikes up this image of like a large, pristine, like untouched natural space, somewhere where I am going to have to travel from my little town in Wisconsin to explore. And I think the feelings that start to come up are sort of this like mix of awe and this like excitement, this sense of adventure. And I think, you know, wilderness can feel like this thing that's out of reach for many of us that don't live near that sort of a, a an image or space. Um, and I think what's interesting is that honestly, forest bathing kind of helped me change a little bit how I see that word and helped me to appreciate the smaller wild spaces that actually are accessible to me where I live. Right. Because I think that's the other thing, you know, people who live in cities or, I mean, most people don't live in extremely rural areas. And so for those people, they might be thinking, okay, well, this isn't something I can do because I don't have access to it. But I don't think that that's true. I mean, like you just said, you can find wilderness or tap into that because it's not just a place, right? It's we believe it's a feeling, it's energy, it's, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, and you can tap into that even in smaller wilderness areas, in smaller natural areas. So I guess why, I mean, you took the class on a whim, but why did you start turning to this or why did it really appeal to you as a source of healing? To tell you the truth, this did not happen intentionally, like, at all. For me, my 
background was that I never really considered myself to be outdoorsy. Like we traveled and went to places that were like wilderness, like that definition, you know, on a vacation. But like I would fight my parents to just go, like they wanted to go on a hike and I'd be like, no way. And so, you know, I mentioned that the last couple of years were a particularly difficult part of my story. And part of that was that my husband and I are both full-time healthcare workers. You know, we're working during a pandemic. We're trying to parent during a pandemic. I was pregnant with our third child. And shortly after he was born, we ended up having a devastating house fire and lost all of our personal belongings. And in that period, I started to notice that being in natural spaces, I felt a small like sliver of peace. And we live in an area along the Mississippi that's like untouched by glaciers and there's beautiful limestone bluffs and some forest along it. And we're really fortunate that we had actually purchased some land on the edge of town that's full of forest. And we started to go there more often because it had it was like that only sense of home that we had left. And so after we would go there and spend time, and honestly, it was often just like me sitting there because I didn't have a lot of capacity to do much more than that, like on the weekend after working. And my kids would just play. And I noticed that I felt less anxious. I felt more at peace for that little period of time. Like I could forget just slightly like what else was going on. And when I did re-enter that, like I felt a little bit more grounded. And so after I started to, like after I heard about this course in forest bathing, I was like, I should take that. I, I just felt this feeling like I need to take that class. And after I started learning more and more about the forest bathing practice and truthfully the robust amount of research about the health benefits, I was hooked. Like I was feeling not only was this incredibly impactful for me personally, but I, I just knew it was going to be professionally as well. And I think in the end, it was the personal experience of having nature heal me through my trauma, through my burnout, and seeing the data, like as a medical professional, where I was like, whoa, nature is a powerful health and well-being tool, and we have to start using it more. See, it's so amazing to me because, you know, life is a journey. It takes a lot of different twists and turns, and you really never know what's going to come out of it. Obviously, you were faced with a really devastating situation, but it opened up your world to something that you probably would never have encountered otherwise. And you were kind of hit at all angles, right? Of like the personal experience. And for somebody who is science and data oriented, because that was your life or, and it still is as a medical professional, you got that aspect of it too. Uh, it's, Amazing what being at you know right time, right place will do for the future of a person. And so I am so curious to hear more about forest bathing. You know, I've heard about it just like 
many other folks have. I think a lot of people still think of it as kind of like a, at least probably in the Western world, I don't want to, I'm not blanket statement anything, you know, right now, but I think a lot of people will be like, it's a woo woo thing. So I really want to dive into what you've learned and how we can connect that to our culture, our society, our healing, because it, like you said, it's such a powerful tool. And so, you know, forest bathing is a Japanese concept that emerged at the end of the 20th century. It's a concept that shows the link between self, community, and nature. So how can we use this practice in our culture today? What have you learned that you can kind of share your nuggets of wisdom with us? Yeah. So forest bathing is a practice of immersing oneself outdoors while using your senses to connect with yourself and to nature. And it originally started in the 1970s because they had a very stressed, burning out working class in Japan, and they felt like they needed to do something. And this ended up snowballing and has spread around the world, frankly, now. And there's a number of different variations on the practice. So Japan has a style. South Korea has a style. The U.S. now kind of has their own style as well. And I would say that it's essentially a framework of mindfulness prompts while slowly walking or sitting in nature. And while if you're doing the the practice, the more formal practice of forest bathing, some of these prompts stay the same each time you do it. There's also the opportunity to get really creative and kind of make your own prompts, like just sitting and drawing in nature for 10 minutes, focusing on one small thing, or for or walking barefoot, kind of doing a grounding practice for a segment of a trail. So I think, you know, forest bathing is not meant to be like an adventure or exercise or even really a focused meditation. It's more about cultivating the art of just be of noticing and of receiving the benefits of nature. This can happen whether you are doing more of the formal practice or frankly just taking 10 or 20 minutes of your day and just sitting and like noticing what is around you. And I think for us in the U.S., you know, we are a culture of hustle, of stress, of pressure to perform, of excessive work hours compared to many countries around the world, and it is affecting people's health. And I have seen, you know, amongst the medical community, some people are starting to prescribe like a nature prescription, but that's not a common practice. And I think there is a lot of opportunity for us to make this less woo-woo because that only appeals to a certain segment of our culture and community. And I would say I'm definitely not a woo-woo person traditionally. And so I think a lot of my peers were kind of like, thinking this was weird initially that I was like so into this. <laughs> They're like, what's happened to Laura? But for me, yeah, for me, it was so strange. Yeah, but you got the science behind it too. I mean, you saw you saw the, the actual effects. You probably felt the actual effects, but also, you know, you were seeing, quote, proof that this was, it's not just, and the brain is a very powerful thing. It's not just like a, 
untangible, you know, non-quantifiable thing, you can actually see. I think it's really, you know, for as I started to kind of dive into the data and you, I read articles of other people having this experience too, of like, you're reading the science and it's, it's incredibly clear how powerful nature is on the human body and the human mind. Can you tell us a little bit about that science, about that data that that made it so clear? Just because I think that that's an important selling. I mean, and I I don't want to call it a selling point really, but kind of, you know, because like you said, appealing, if we're going to make this more mainstream and connect healing and medicine with nature, we have to be able to appeal to larger audiences. And part of that is using facts, you know, and data. So I'm, I'm very intrigued. I'm, I want to, I personally want to know what you discovered. Yeah. So what's interesting is that in Japan, they have been studying what they call forest medicine since the 1980s. And as this practice started to spread around the world, we have robust amounts of data from all different countries now on both the formal practices of forest bathing, but also just in the healing benefits of being in nature. And I think what is so cool about this is that it doesn't have to take a lot of your time. In a couple hours a week, whether it's one segment like on a Saturday morning that you go and have time to do it, or it's broken up into 10 minutes here and there scattered through your week, the benefits were the same. And I love that it doesn't have to be that you're in a pristine large forest to get the benefits. Like the data shows that that helps it happen faster, but that you can access these benefits by finding like, a couple trees in your backyard or a small city park that has some beautiful flowers, whatever it is that you can, you can access these benefits very simply and often for free, which is not a lot of what healthcare is. (laughs) Yes. So when we find a tool like this, like we must spread the word. So here's what the data is sh- shows. So when we think about the benefits in terms of what they do physiologically or what the, what the benefits on the physical body are, being in nature and forest bathing lowers your blood pressure. It lowers your heart rate. It brings down one of the most important stress hormones we have, which is called cortisol, And when cortisol is elevated, particularly if it's elevated chronically, it starts a cascade of inflammation in the body, which can set you up to experience a host of different significant medical problems in all different organ systems. And so finding a practice that naturally lowers that cortisol level can be really, really important. The other interesting thing about forest bathing and being in nature is that there's a ton of data about how it actually increases your immune system. So our immune system fights off infections. It also helps with prevention of cancer. So we want our immune system to be really robust. And what's interesting is that there's actually chemicals released by trees these are airborne chemicals called phytoncides that we inhale as we're in the woods and in na- natural spaces 
that they know trigger these increases in our immune system. They can have antiviral properties, antibacterial properties, all of these things. So I'm shocked. Yeah, I had no idea. That's amazing. Particularly pine trees. Wow. Like the white pine. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So just as this might be a silly question, but I mean, it's called forest bathing. You're spending time in nature wilderness, but really, especially after what you just said, part of the benefits really do come not just from being in nature, which could be a marine space or something, but really around trees. And I think the other, so those are like the the physical body changes that we see with this practice. The other, I think, equally huge part of this is what it does for mental health. There is a substantial amount of data that shows that being in nature and doing a formal forest bathing practice significantly lowers symptoms of depression and anxiety, whether you have a diagnosis or not. It also just generally lowers your stress levels, increases your sense of resiliency, and improves your perceived like well-being. And so for me, it's like the duality of that those benefits. You know, I was mostly experiencing the mental health benefits of it. I mean, truthfully, like what I was recognizing. But as I learned more and more about this, I also was recognizing just how important this practice could be for me and slash like all of particularly U.S. culture, but anyone in a culture that like has higher stress levels. That for me, You know, it became very clear that I wanted to do whatever I could to set up my health and well-being for the long term to be as optimal as it could. And part of that is stress reduction, lowering of that cortisol so that I'm not unknowingly setting my body up for some sort of process down the road. Wow. I'm just amazed because, you know... I live in Boulder, Colorado. I spend time in nature. I'm, I always feel happier when I do. But knowing that, like this weekend when I go on a hike, I'm going to be breathing in that air like there is no tomorrow. So you, you mentioned that your husband's also in the medical space as well and uh, healthcare practitioners. Like, How does he feel about this new journey that you're on? Does he Does he subscribe to the same, you know, like excitement for it? Because I'm just fascinated. I love that question. So my husband grew up in a rural community, like on a lake in the middle of Wisconsin. And he's been unknowingly forced bathing like his entire life. Like he describes just going out and sitting next to a tree and just being, like just watching nature. And I always thought that was so weird, like coming from my background. I'm like, you just sat there like, that's so weird. But he actually, so I would say he has slowly influenced and pushed me to be in nature more during our relationship together, do more traveling that focuses on natural like spaces. And he has been practicing this. So he is a dentist and runs multiple practices with a partner. And by Friday afternoon, he's like, I have to go to the woods. And 
it's part of now like his his like self-care maintenance is he needs a couple hours in the quiet by himself in nature and so I think as I started to learn about this and catch up with him, I mean, like, frankly, but like, I came to it from a completely different angle of like, I saw the science and it convinced me that what I already was noticing was really real. And I wanted to put more emphasis on it in my life versus my husband who had just been doing this and knew like intrinsically that this was critical for his well-being. So how are we going to make this uh, more mainstream? I mean, so everything that you've learned, where is that taking you? Where is your work taking you? And, you know, what's next? Like, how do we, how do we get this going? Yeah. <laughs> so in our community, I haven't shared this yet, but after my course, so my professor does research on forest therapy, and um, particularly in the college age group with mental health and well-being. As a part of that, he wanted to create a self-guided walk and asked me if I'd be interested in doing this with him because he knew I was a health provider in the community. Like I had more invested interest in doing this uh, because most of the other students were like graduating. And so I'm so excited because actually next weekend is our grand opening, but we created basically a using, we, we assessed all the trails in our area for accessibility mainly and found a trail that works really well where it's relatively flat, it's accessible for anyone in a motorized vehicle even. And we basically put up little signs at different spaces along the trail and allowed options either through sort of a haiku-esque, not perfectly, but prompt about what to think about in that segment of the trail. And we also did a QR code where you can actually listen to me guiding that segment of the walk. And so it gives options to people where they can go and experience what it's like to have a guided walk. Because to be truthful, I will never forget the first time I went on an actual forest bathing walk. I have never felt such an overwhelming sense of peace and calm. And as part of that, we did a pre and post evaluation of how we felt. And even just that practice made me recognize how significantly something simple like that can change how you feel. And so to be able to give that and share that with our community now where it's free, it's accessible, it's right in town, is such an amazing way to introduce this concept in a community that mainly, honestly, uses these bluffs for exercise. And so I think, yeah, the answer is like, how do we, there's not enough guides in the country for everyone to experience this. And so I think... Part of it is using our creativity to perhaps make trails like this, which are self-guided, or in using, you know, books that have been written. There's a great one by M. Amos Clifford, which is called Your Guide to Forest Bathing. And he's the founder, maybe, or director, sorry, uh, Clifford. 
of the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy for the United States. But he wrote this book that's very accessible, it's short, and it basically teaches you how to do this on your own. And so I think, you know, it's A, spreading the knowledge of the science of it, reminding people what a simple and accessible tool they have that's free often, and then teaching people that it's you don't have to do the formal practice. Like the formal practice is cool. Like I love it, but you don't have to. And frankly, in my life with three kids right now, like it's rare that I can do the formal practice. So having the mindset that like I can take 10 minutes and enjoy my cup of coffee and just look at a tree and focus in on my senses or do the same thing on a walk in my neighborhood and no one getting those same benefits is really empowering. I'm just, I'm amazed. There's so much opportunity here for, you know, my brain goes to so many things, like for what you're doing locally, but to have that in every city, in every town, it's a possibility. And also then my brain goes to, okay, well, we're adults trying to do this, getting into this practice, but what would it even look like if we started implementing these practices in elementary schools and when you know people like when humans are growing up and so that it's just part of who they are what would the health benefits be then you know starting at such a young age that could be a whole separate i mean research and podcast and all of that but all of that to say that this is just such a fascinating topic that i feel like we're really just tip, touching the tip of the iceberg here with the potential for it. You've given our audience so many incredible tips, incredible resources to look at, you know, the book that, I mean, even just how to go about it yourself in your daily life and in a, in a tangible way that's feasible for people who are working, who are mothers, who are parents, who are professionals, who you name it. I think it's about carving out a little bit of time just to be still and quiet and intentional about, about those benefits in nature. Do you have any other any other thoughts that you'd like to share with us about this practice, about your work, about how people could get involved or how people can help you and you know further your work? Um, we're all ears. Yeah, I just want to say thank you for having me today. I love this conversation. I agree that I think it could have profound impact on particularly the next generation. So I think the other big win of forest bathing, of this knowledge, is that, and that we haven't talked about yet, is that the research shows that this practice, being in nature like this, builds a deeper connection to the natural world. And when people have that, the research also shows they are way more fierce about protecting it. And I think that that is so critical to your work at the Wild Foundation and that this practice, this, this a way of approaching, connecting with nature is a way for people who maybe don't consider themselves to be outdoorsy or an outdoor athlete to dip their toe into connecting with nature and bring that group into caring more about protecting our earth. And I am using this stuff already with my kids, and I hope that our nature trail gets used, and I think we'll advertise, or not advertise, we will communicate about 
this trail hoping that teachers use it as a field trip even. You know, I think, you know, just my last piece of, of you know, if I had to give a, a nugget of wisdom, of advice, is just that I think in a world where we feel often overwhelmed, overstretched, it can be easy to say, I don't, I don't have time to do those sort of things. But I honestly, as a medical provider too, and someone who's personally experienced this, I think that this is one practice that we need to start to incorporate to balance the part of our life that is going so quickly and fast and, and is intense. Like we, mu- we really need to have that counter to feel better in our current day and to set ourselves up for the best physical and mental health long-term. And the bonus, like I've said like eight times, is that this is accessible. It is free and it has profound potential for impact on your health and well-being. Thank you. I, I'm, this just, it also gives me more passion to protect wilderness areas, to protect these areas that are accessible to people and to make sure that in all even in cities or, you know, in in really built up areas that people can find a way to connect to nature because it's not just something pretty to look at. It's tangibly something that has an effect on our health or our well-being. Thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, everything, you you know, things that you've learned, not everything, because there's so much in that brain. I know I could pick your brain for hours on this topic too. And it just... You know, as that trail gets used and you see the benefits locally, we'd love to do an- another episode to hear about how it's going and um, maybe what's next and what will be going on for you. So thank you so much, Laura. This has been a true pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Find us on social media through the Wild Foundation. And if you're feeling inspired, don't hesitate to share this podcast with those around you and maybe even give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate the support more than you know, and it's that support that allows our work to continue and evolve.